Hello and welcome to this episode of the LSU Professional Sales Institute podcast. This is Greg Ocardo and I am your host. My day job is serving as director of the LSU Professional Sales Institute. We're coming to you today from the E.J. Orso College of Business right here on the campus of LSU. First of all, we want to thank our corporate partners who make all of our work here possible, and they are United Rentals, BXS Insurance, the risk and insurance professionals for your team, Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory firm, CMA Technology Solutions, Orso Insurance and Financial Services, and Paycom. Our guest today is going to be Mr. Jeff Cummings. Jeff is a Director of Sales Development for United Rentals, who happens also to be one of our corporate partners. So join me today with Jeff Cummings. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. So today for our podcast, uh, we have Mr. Jeff Cummings. Jeff, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. So, um, you know, you and I have been working on this for a while now, trying to get involved in doing podcasts, and uh, things worked out well. We'll be able to do it, so it's really great to have you today. And uh, I just kind of wanted to start off, Jeff, by uh, I want to talk a little bit about you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background? And I want to find out how that led you to becoming the director of sales development for United Rentals. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been an interesting career and in a long one um, with the company. And uh, I started as a sales rep actually with the company in Atlanta, Georgia, many, many, many years ago. Um, did that for a number of years, then moved on to a lot of other positions. So kind of flirted around with operation positions. So I was a branch manager, a district manager, a district sales manager, a regional sales and marketing director in four different regions within our company. Uh, had a couple different moves, physical moves within the company, ended up in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, in 2005, uh, our company thought that we needed a Salesforce effectiveness uh, department, which we did not have at that point. Um, so they asked me to head that up and, and uh, it was responsible at that point for a lot of building some of our technology out. So our CRM program, which was salesforce.com, um, some of our apps that the, our folks still use today, um, a lot of the technology to help our sales managers better understand how to do their job more effectively, and a number of really cool projects I was involved with during that, uh, that stint. And, and then a couple of years ago, I was asked to help out in our sales development uh, uh, program where we have today three different locations, one in Charlotte, one in Phoenix, and one in St. Paul, Minnesota, where uh, we bring people in, train them to become sales reps for our company. So it's, uh, it's been quite an interesting ride. Yeah, sounds like it. So what do you think was the, the, key, the key component in your background that prepares you for the journey of where you are today? Yeah, so, you know, when I look back, I, you know, I, there's no doubt there's a rich history of sales and sales management positions that I've held. And I, I always try to reflect and look back at those when we're building our next tool or our next training program that, you know, if this was being delivered to me as a sales rep or a sales manager, how would it, how would it help me? And, and if I took that tool away from somebody after we build it, would they scream and ask for it back? And uh, to really know that if we're making a difference on the things we're putting out there to try to help our sales organization. And so, you know, I've kind of always looked at 
everything we do today, there's probably a better, faster, more efficient, more productive way to do it. And uh, not only looking at my history of things that I've experienced in the past, but I think it's important to look outside of our company and our, outside of our industry as well to see what are some best practices perhaps we can steal from others so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. But um, long answer to your question, but I, I think, I don't know if there's any one answer there, but I, I think, yeah. yes, coupled with it, what we've done and what others are doing, uh, how that helps steer us where we go. Yeah, it sounds like your your career has been almost kind of a mirror image of the growth of United Rentals as a whole. Well, that's that's true. That's true. It has seemed like very different companies over the years as we continue to grow and mature. And, uh, um, you know, getting that experience firsthand is, has been uh, very priceless. Yeah, that's that that's that that's great. And uh, congratulations on that growth also. So I wanted to ask you, so in the years that you've been involved in sales development, uh, how has the overall landscape of the business changed over that time period that you've been doing what you're doing now? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, what I have seen is, uh, I guess in short, we could say things have become much more sophisticated. So not only our customers, um, our approaches, our leveraging, our use of technology, um, our training, the whole, the whole organization has really seemed to continue to, to mature and, and, uh, and get better at these things. And, and I think that's an interesting take because if you ask somebody outside of our company and even outside the industry, that if they looked at the construction industry today, um, I think most people would categorize as the construction industry is kind of slow to change and slow to adopt technology. And, um, and I'll be honest with you, I would, I would put what we have, the programs, the tools, the products, the resources we have up against just about any company. I, I, I'm truly impressed with how we leverage technology, um, how we help our sales team find our customers and the projects they're working on, how we help our customers actually manage their needs. And a lot of this stuff all happens right from their cell phones. So it's, it's really cool. So would you say that most of this, this technology initiative internally has been totally built around being more customer focused? Yes, without question. Absolutely. Is, is that kind of the, the key ingredient to being competitive in your market is being more customer focused? Uh, I think that's a big part of it, uh, Greg. I really do. I think that, um, the customer's needs continue to evolve and change. And especially when they get introduced to different ends of technology today, outside of their own business, we, we all can grab our phone and order a car, uh, order a pizza, um, order something to be delivered tomorrow to us at our home. And I think these things start to spill over in expectations of in the workplace. But if I can do that at home, why can't I start to do these things or incorporate some of those types of technologies and systems in my, my daily uh, uh, responsibilities. And so uh, I, I think those things help pave the way for some of the change. Yeah. So, and, and I, I wanted to ask you, you know, wh what's the biggest surprise for you in sales since you've been at United Rentals and been director of sales development? Well, I, you know, it's interesting because when I think about that, you know, and being in having so many different positions in the company, you deal with and manage a lot of different types of people over the years. Uh, the thing that always blows me away is um, in the in the sales development program, how willing the folks are to come in and, and take the time to learn what we're teaching them. 
and just to give you an example, last year we hired 131 people into our sales development program. Um, we promoted 110 people uh, into a sales position last year. So we had a carryover from the year before, so it's not like we promoted almost everybody that we brought in, but there's a lot of movement there happening. And um, we, we have really what I call a foundation of training that we focus on. And uh, that's the equipment and industry knowledge, our sales tools, both internal and external, our sales methodology and sales strategy. And we incorporate that into all the learnings we put into place. And I'm always uh, impressed on the, the desire for the people as they come into the, the program to learn it, to retain it, and to apply it. And uh, the openness of that is something I, I rarely see, and it's very refreshing. You know, I have to say, you know, I actually visited your sales development school in Charlotte, North Carolina, and was spent spent a day there, uh, you know, listening to some of the students and the instructors and, and kind of looking at your program. And, and one of the biggest things that I noticed uh, that you that you and your team are focusing on is, is customer experience. And you know, we see a lot of this in sales today that, that the companies that tend to be leaders in their industries are putting significant efforts in their sales methodologies around the customer experience. Uh, could you tell us more about that for United Rentals? Yeah, and I think that's a great point. And we do focus on that a lot. I think when you look at the things that differentiate you from your competitors, it's all about that customer experience. And we think it's important to meet the customer where they are. And what I mean by that is if this particular customer, based on how they do business, where they do business, would prefer to do it digitally, they want to go to a website and put in their orders or manage things that way, then we want to make sure that is there for them to do. So it's an intuitive way for them to manage their business in the way they prefer. And whether that is people calling them on the phone occasionally, touching base with them, helping them with future needs, or even if they're standing side by side with one of our sales reps out in the field, we have 2,200 sales reps out in the field to try to give that uh, better customer experience to the folks we're interacting with. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do in a company of our size when we have literally hundreds of thousands of customers all across the country. And they all require different touch points. And so what we try to do is to understand that, those preferences, and try to align our resources around those so that one size really doesn't fit all. And we learned that a long time ago. Well, and I'm assuming too, with a company the size of yours, uh, the, the size of your customer base, that, that, that customization that you're angling for is not an easy task. It is not. And it's, uh, it's an ongoing effort to continue to, uh, to understand which customers are in which of these different categories we talked about and, and, and identify those and tee those up for our sales team. So when they go into their CRM program, some of that's already defined for them and they know how often they should be touching certain customers based on that history and that uh, interaction and, and experience we've had with them. Yeah, let's kind of go into disruptions now. So you talk about disruptions to the sales and customer service in your industry and, and maybe describe a little bit how digital disruption has changed the way you and your team hit sales goals while still meeting the needs of your customers. Yeah, I think there's, that, that's, a, that's a huge thing. And the, that's a, as technology continues to evolve, 
uh, I'd like to think that we're right there with it to, to look at it, to understand which are the things that really help lessen the load and inform our sales team and sales management team uh, looking at the business uh, more effectively. Um, you know, you look at our CR CRM program, we use Salesforce.com and um, how, we've, how a sales rep can go in any part of the country and look at it and it'll tell them exactly who our customers are right there in their backyard, the job sites, the industrial plants, our prospects that are in that market. Um, it allows them to do cool things like, uh, you know, to actually search not only from their laptop, but from their phone right before they jump out of their vehicle to get a quick overview of what that customer has done with us recently and, and where that's happened and what kind of things they're doing it with. And even to the point where I think it's so cool where uh, a big part of CRM is, oh my gosh, I have to go now type in all these notes. Well, within our world, the guy's basically just speaking their notes right into their phone and it's captured. So it's less labor intensive and hopefully more insight is what we're trying to leverage the technology for, for our sales team. And that goes to our sales management team as well. We, we have very robust tools for our sales managers that they can actually look at and determine is the territory they have you set up in, is it, is it manageable? And what I mean by that is we can look at it and see how many customers, how many projects, what's the total opportunity, what's our market share, and even this thing we call workload capacity. So our managers can actually look at, based on the volume of opportunity in there, how much of that can actually be covered in the way we would prefer it to be covered in and how often. And it will then tell us, is this territory too large or too small in order for us to be the most effective we can be to touch everybody as often as we need to. And then even on how we do our sales training, Greg, I mean, we, we look back at just a number of years ago and sales training meant you had to, to fly people into a particular location to all sit around and listen to somebody facilitate that training for a day or multiple days. And today we don't even do that as much. It's all digitally delivered in micro learning pieces that we can put out little videos to, to help kind of hone in on that message that we want to train people on. And we even have systems that we're working with right now that are all AI based that actually can provide that feedback to that person as soon as they submit a video to a sales scenario that the system itself will say, here's how you kind of came across to the customer. You, you know, you were angry or happy or sad. You said these words too many times. You add filler words or, you know, a number of things that gives you some insight to help you continue to get better. And so it's a, there's a lot of runway with that stuff. And it's, uh, I, I find it very interesting. Yeah. It sounds like you a little bit of deployment of sales enablement also. Uh, and, and it, Probably, I'm thinking you're looking at more ways that you can augment and automate a lot of these activities. That's right. That's exactly right. Because the more we can shorten that learning curve by giving you insights and information on what good looks like, sounds like, I think that just helps everybody. It helps you come up to speed faster. If you're going to put a salesperson in the territory today, and uh, you know, I think the, the national average, you may even know this, but I mean, the, different companies range from anywhere from three to 12 months to get somebody up to speed at full productivity uh, in, that, in that new territory. Um, what we're trying to do is, is, is have a positive impact in that so we can put people in places where because of the learning, because of the ongoing training they get, they can be more productive sooner in the process. You know, I had a, uh, a phone call with a business owner, an AI company uh, in Silicon Valley not long ago, and he made a really great statement that stuck with me, and I even shared it with my students, that he, he said that in sales today, knowledge is the new currency. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think from a customer's perspective, if you walk in my door, you're like three or four of your competitors or however many you have. The products aren't that different. So your approach to understand their needs, their issues, their pains, uh, and what you're putting in place today, I think, uh, I think makes the difference. I think that's what the customers are looking for. And, uh, and we're trying to figure out how we train to that. So how do you match customer expectations and, and how has customer expectations changed during your time with United Rentals? Yeah, that's interesting because my time goes way back with the company. And I remember, you know, even in the sales roles I had, uh, that the customers were very product centric uh, and even brand specific back then. They wanted to order a specific type of equipment. I want a Bobcat this or a case that. And today we don't really see that to that extent at all. It's, it's based on what we were just talking about. It's, I feel it's more solution based. The project's have to be built faster and safer than ever before. And so I think our customers are looking for providers who can help them with more of a, a global solution as opposed to, I got to go get 10 companies to come in here because they each have one product that I need and I need all 10 of them. And if I can come to the table and say, we understand your needs, we're trying to figure these things out and we can help you provide all 10 of them within our one resource, that should help minimize the time and the effort and hopefully maximize the, um, the end result that we're both trying to help them get to. So do you feel that, that in your industry today that that deliverable itself would outweigh price every day? I think it has a, uh, a huge portion of that. I think that's always the, the $10 million question there is that what, how far up on solutions and uh, value can you offer that then offsets how much in price? And uh, there's no doubt you have to be competitive in price. But I also think that at the end of the day, in our world, if a customer can go to four or five different companies and rent a backhoe, what is that driving force that said he feels more comfortable going to one company than the other? And price by itself is not always that one option. I always look at it, Greg, I tell our folks and is that if you're talking to a customer and that customer's boss came to them tomorrow and said, you have to limit or shrink down the amount of vendors you use in our space and then determine what do they make that decision based on. Price may be one of those things, but I guarantee you it's going to be what else are we providing to that customer or our contact to make them the hero within their own company. Because if we can do that, we will get that nod every time because the overall value of what we're providing uh, totally outweighs how they could potentially look at us and compare us to our competitors strictly on price alone. You know, I, I really believe that in, in, in today's economy that you have a lot, of, a lot of companies, and not just your industry, I, I think they, they look at more of that value deliverable than, than pricing because, you know, you know, their industries are more complex. You know, the, you know, the timelines are shorter. Uh, there's more expectations. And a lot of times the, you know, the low cost provider is not, is not the answer to what you're trying to achieve. No, it, it is not. And, I, and I'll tell you a great, a great example of that is our company has grown over the years uh, through acquisitions. We have purchased in excess of 200 companies since the life of United Rentals. 
It's always interesting to see some of our competitors that we buy and bring into our mix and then have to train them on what we do, how we do it, the tools, the programs, and the processes we have. It's interesting to see firsthand when you bring those two groups together, um, how they had to compete when they didn't have all of these solutions and they had to really just focus on price. And you bring it under a roof where you have a wealth and breadth of width of the solutions that we can provide to a company uh, and a customer, uh, those conversations totally change. And man, you, you see the excitement of the salespeople who have gone from, I really didn't have many tools in my toolbox to talk to the customer about, to now I have all of these. And now it becomes almost, uh, I've got to train you so you just don't go show up and throw up all these things on the customer. You've got to understand where to apply them so you don't overwhelm the customer with what we have to offer. And you're really plugging in the things that are most meaningful to them that offer the most value to them. And that's really one of the benefits of having so much of uh, these tools and programs that uh, that are designed to help our customers do their job more effectively. Yeah, it, and you know, it goes back also to the attitude of the salespeople that sometimes they they may get a little discouraged, and and we see this in research a lot also that if if they can't be the low cost provider, they they think they're at a disadvantage. Uh, but that takes away the fact that you know a lot of times price is not the main driver in buying decisions. You know, there are other factors involved. And, and I think yeah. that's what a lot of that, that customer experience focus comes into play. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree with you. And uh, I think we can all apply that to our own personal lives. When we buy things, we're not always buying the cheapest thing. We're trying to buy the thing that meets our need the most. And uh, that's really not changing with the customers we work with as well. No, not at all, especially in a more complex and changing environment. Yes, exactly. So, Jeff, we're getting down to our last two questions. And so I don't want to cap this off. First of all, I want to ask you if you could if you could backtrack and reverse five years or 10 years, uh, what would you do different knowing what you know today? Wow, that's that's a tough question. Um, there's so many different ways I could think about that. Um, I guess one of my responses for that would be, because I think there could be a lot, but one of the, my responses would be, uh, I think focusing on the importance of good communication with internally within, within our own teams. I think as we continue to always build programs and services and in training, uh, I think it's key to keep the team informed, making them feel like they're part of the decision, get their buy-in to the process. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, if people believe in your message, I think that's half the battle. I think the other half is how you deliver that message so that people want to buy into it and believe it and get behind you to support it. And, and not to say that I didn't try to focus on that years ago, but reflecting back, I've learned a lot on what does that look like and how do you incorporate people into the mix so uh, they're right with you on your thinking and uh, change is inevitable, but people's in, uh, part of how they change and their willingness to want to change, you know, that's always something that's it's tough. And I think, I think in a lot of the positions that uh, require that change, you've got to first start with the reasons why somebody would want to think about that and, and be on board with you to help there. And I, so I, I don't know, Greg, I think that's, it's a, it's a, it's a complexing question. I think there's a lot of different ways to respond, but that, that's one that comes to mind. Oh, that's a very good answer. And for our last question, so since we have a lot of sales students who follow these podcasts that we, we produce through the Professional Sales Institute, and, and I'd like them to hear from you. So what advice would you have for a student 
who is either a sophomore or a junior, fixing to start senior year, who's interested in maybe pursuing a career in industrial sales. What, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, there's a lot. Um, uh, maybe one of them is always learn from uh, the past a little bit, but I'll tell you is we can relate it to selling at United Rentals in the construction industry. Um, in our world, selling is really helping. And uh, we try to teach our reps to help find customer pain points and then provide solutions. And, uh, you know, the old stereotype that salespeople have to go pitch a product to somebody that they really may not believe in themselves, I don't think that flies anymore. And I, it definitely doesn't fly in our world. And uh, I think if you have, as a salesperson, a firm conviction that the product or services that you offer solves meaningful problems for your customers, that uh, you're ahead of the game a little bit. And if you can couple that with passion and insights that you can share with the customer, um, then I think, uh, I think you've got the right recipe to think about sales and uh, how it can become a really a rewarding uh, career for you. And, um, you know, that's one way I would think about it, Craig. And I think if they can do that, this, you know, there's a lot of companies like United Rentals who are looking for those types of candidates that they can bring on board. No question. And uh, we always are. Um, you know, we have what I would consider a really low turnover rate with our sales team. So we I mentioned do. we have about, uh, about 2,200 OSRs. And, you know, with about a 14, 15% turnover rate on an annual basis when the average uh, national average, according to, I think it was LinkedIn I grabbed this from, is about 35, 38% in the sales organization. So we're less than half of the turnover. But even with that, I still need hundreds of people each year into a sales position just to maintain the size we are. And our company never maintains the same size. We're always growing. So there's always a need to bring in good people that have that recipe that we can help with a little bit of uh, the training, the resources to, to make it successful. Yep. And you, you know, the uh, relationship between your team and our team here at LSU is, is fairly new, but we've already put some great students on your team and, and we hear back nothing but great things from them and the careers that they're able to enjoy. Yeah. And that's great to hear. And I know we've got some great dedicated people that work right there with you uh, locally. And uh, we were just talking about the other day on, what we're going to do for the next go around and how we're going to continue to try to raise our game to, to help make, make this a great partnership. Sounds great. Well, Jeff, look, we really appreciate you giving us a little bit of time today to give us your thoughts. And uh, we're, again, we're looking forward to many more years of a great partnership and putting more LSU students out there on the United Rentals team. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. So thanks for the opportunity, Greg. And uh, for anybody listening, if uh, there's anything that I can help answer any questions with, then uh, you can get me at, uh, at my email, uh, which is J-C-U-M-M-I-N at U-R.com. Hey, that's great advice. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And, uh, and again, thank you for sharing your time with us. Absolutely. Okay. It. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, we'll be talking again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you again for joining us today in our podcast. If you or your company would like to find out about how you can be more involved in the LSU Professional Sales Institute or information on how to recruit our great sales students, you can reach us at business.lsu.edu forward slash PSI. Thank you again and 
Go Tigers.